Speed and strength are popular in the animal kingdom. If danger comes my way, I'll just outrun it or fight it off. But some creatures go another route. Head-to-tail armor. It's a road less traveled among mammals, but some have thick hides or bony plates. However, only one mammal has taken a page out of the playbooks of reptiles and ancient Roman soldiers. But sometimes the most successful creatures are ones that borrow their style from others in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information, and I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. And today we're talking about an amazing armored animal, but more on that later. Yes, much more. <laughs> Mostly more on that. I hope so. But yeah, we're talking about the uh, pangolin. Penguin. No, it's uh, it's it's Batman's uh, greatest and richest villain. <laughs> um, no, no, we're not talking about penguins at all, or or um, British old guys in tuxedos with uh, odd uh, speech impediments. We're talking about the pangolin, and not just any pangolin, the Chinese pangolin, also known as in the scientific community the scaly anteater. <laughs> So, okay. Um, <laughs> probably my favorite is a uh, Kung Fu Pangolin. Okay. Uh, which was a, a public service announcement made by Jackie Chan in 2017 against the poaching of these animals. The in Brian sent in his little uh, nickname with with the episode art, which you can see if you go to ldtaxonomy.com or visit us on Twitter or Facebook at ldtaxonomy. Uh, he called it the Terracotta Culotta. <laughs> Why? <laughs> okay. I can see why it's terracotta, but I don't understand why culotta. Because he's chill. Okay. <laughs> We're going to talk about this animal's nature, but uh, it's definitely chill nature. Um, and that's all I got. Those are the those are the nicknames. I thought they were really good, so I didn't want to I didn't want to mar them with one of my own. Oh wow! Um, okay. So uh, let's let's taxonomize this because it's an interest. It's an interesting taxonomy. It's not. Uh, if after looking at this thing, you might think you may be able to taxonomize it, but uh, scientists have thought differently. So let's start with what we know, uh, love, and are in, um, which is the one and only kingdom, Animalia. Um, then we move on to the phylum, which is Chordata, as uh, as usual, not always, but as usual. Um, and since we're doing a Joey animal, uh, the class is Mammalia. Of He's course. Mammalia. The mammal man in more ways than one so then we have three clades here i'm 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 never sure exactly where clades fall because sometimes they fall after the class but sometimes they fall after the order but let's talk about the three clades that fall between the class and the order so the the first clade is ferungulata which sounds like feral ungulates <laughs> yeah but it is it is ungulates because uh, it's all placental mammals, all mammals that give birth um, or gestate using a placenta. Um, so I guess we you you, you in, like it, you love it, you gotta have that as well. <laughs> yeah, we we <laughs> fall into this category so far. We're very very closely related to the pangolin. The second clade is ferae, uh, which is pangolins and. Car carnivores, like things in the order carnivora. So it's it's really like 
this is where these guys um, diverge. Is the second clade after mammalia? They diverge into they diverge into a little fairy eating meat. It's like a foray. Yeah, it's a it's a <laughs> foray into the jungle to eat meat of just insects, pretty much. Because, yeah, yeah, that good 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 bug bug meat. Yeah, like um, like Simba. Uh, the the third clade is here's a doozy. Foli dodomorpha. Folidotomorpha, which is um, things that look like anteaters and sloths. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it form of uh, fully. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised it's not like slothiforma or something like that. Um, it's just funny how like they taxonomize things based on like things they kind of look like, even though they're not related. Um. But okay, so the order is uh, Folidota, which is just the first three syllables of the word I said before for the clade. Um, and that's pretty much, that's just um, pangolins. They're, they're, they make up the whole order. And there's only one extant family, and that's Manidae. Um, and then there's, I think, three genuses. And so the one we're going with is uh, Manis. Uh, and then the species is pentadactyla yeah there are eight species in manis uh, of pangolins yeah yep eight extant ones yeah some have been uh removed from the planet uh so the the binomial nomenclature is manis pentadactyla which i'm pentadactyla uh just looking at it definitely seems to mean five fingers so the the word pangolin I have a feeling that I, I sound like I'm saying penguin, um, so I'll try to enunciate. But the name pangolin uh, translates to a uh, uh, a melee word, peng pangoling, which means something that rolls up. Do you say a melee word? Yeah, or a Malay word, or whatever you want to say. Why is like it from Malaysia? Oh, I was thinking like, why? What does this have to do with Super Smash Brothers? It's a, it's a, it's a word you could just bash people over the head with. It's a melee word. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, what? <laughs> I don't know if it's Malay or or melee how you pronounce like the demonym there. Um, but yeah, so it means something that rolls up. It's very, uh, it's it's kind of like orangutan. It just means like forest person. <laughs> they're very they're very on the nose in Southeast Asia. Um, but since we're in the process of naming things, uh, it's time for the uh, beloved part of the show called the one and only Critter Groups. Uh, and during this little segment, I ask Joe a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of these animals, or what is the collective noun? What is the term of venery? Um... Because sometimes they're odd and out there, but sometimes they're not. So we'll see how this one turns out. Actually, the reality is that these are not only super endangered, but they're also solitary animals. So they don't. I'm really... sure it'll be something stupid like colony or. You <laughs> You're know. so mad about colony. <laughs> I just don't like that there's like misleading names for animals that don't live in groups. This one's um. I'm not going to say anything. Um, but the internet gave them one. 
so I saw sev I saw several articles, not official ones, talking about um, the collective noun for these guys. So there isn't really they, the scientists haven't dubbed one. I don't know no, if, where do these names come from. Do they come from science or they come from media? They come from um, uh, deep thought. So they go to deep thought and deep thought and they say, "Oh, deep thought, what is the." What is the answer to the to life in the universe? And also, what do you call a group of pangolins? And then Deep Thought, after a um, hundred years, says, uh, "Answer your first question is forty-two, and the answer to your second question is, I'll oppose in a multiple choice uh, uh, option. So the A is it a herd of pangolins? B is it a phalanx of pangolins?" C, is it a granary of pangolins? Or is it D, a predicament of pangolins? Well, they're Deep in, thought is spoken. Uh, they're in a huge predicament just as a species. That's true. There's also something to be said that the internet might think it's funny to call them a phalanx. They're, I'm going to go with phalanx. They wear armor. They're armored babes. So I'm going with uh, phalanx. Final answer? Yes. Incorrect. I mean, as incorrect as you can be, if the answer is predicament. Yeah, I, I was torn between those two. They're very. Phalanx makes more sense, and then predicament is stupid. So, no, I should have went would with make... the stupid one because <laughs> the internet. No, fa predicament makes sense because they're definitely in a predicament, and phalanx makes less sense because they never get together to defend one another using. Well, that's their true, own but armor. they do wear armor. So. Yeah, but phalanx is a formation of armored things that I don't check the other. So yeah, anyway, that's the that's the answer um, that the internet has given its predicament of pangolins. Also, in case I lost everybody on the deep thought thing, that was a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy reference. Okay. Um, all right, so let's talk about where this uh, the pangolin lives. I mentioned Southeast Asia, and I was correct. Um. It lives in India, Nepal, Bhutan, Bangladesh, Myanmar, Taiwan, Indochina, which I found out is that like huge peninsula of Cambodia, Laos, Vietnam, and Thailand, like that, that Southeast Asian peninsula. I didn't know that was called Indochina. Um, and so they, they like all those places, and specifically they live in dense forests and grasslands, which seem like two completely opposite places to live, but... Um, so now let's go into the into the looks. What what gives it all these nicknames? Why is it the terracotta culotta? Why is it the scaly anteater? Well, they look like giant armadillos mixed with pine cones. <laughs> yes, that's like very you, true. <laughs> you stuffed an armadillo in a pine cone. It, they really do like 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 if you if there was an ancient armadillo statue made out of terracotta, that's exactly what this thing would look like. They have long, weasel-like bodies, triangular faces, and snouts like rats and armadillos. And uh, like all mammals, they have four limbs, um, but these are relatively short. And at the end, there are uh, sharp claws for digging and removing bark. And their claws are actually pretty reminiscent of like a sloth's. It's a straight-up sand slash. It, it, <laughs> if it, an armadillo I mean, is a sand shrew, and then it evolves into a pangolin, which is a sand slash. When you look at Sandslash, you 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 have to say they definitely modeled this after a I'm pangolin. I'm sure. I'm sure they did. Without knowing for sure, I'm sure. 
it's yeah um and i didn't realize that until researching this animal in fact i'd seen pictures of this animal but i was like oh look um a different species of armadillo but they're actually not as we mentioned in the taxonomy they're not as they're not really related to armadillos at all or sloths or anteaters they're much more related to true carnivores um despite being completely insectiv insectivorous insectivorous we'll, we'll say that um but yeah it's crazy how how much these guys look like sand slash uh, they also have a long tail that and in some species is prehensile um, I don't know if it's prehensile in the Chinese um, pangolin because I don't know if they spend a lot of I don't think they spend a lot of time in in the trees but some of the bigger ones um, live in the trees and uh, their tails are like like monkeys they're prehensile they can grasp things they can um, uh, wrap around tree branches and things like that um, but so the uh, Chinese pangolin has also has little conspicuous round people ears uh, and they're <laughs> hilarious if you look at them it was like oh my gosh it has it, does, it really does have little um, people ears they're you know c-shaped and they stick straight out of the side of their head and they're pink <laughs> wait I have to see this oh I guess I mean they're not like they're not huge oh, round ones yeah, like a mouse. Yeah, yeah, they do have people ears. <laughs> this looks like a child draw drew it and was like, "This is what ears look like." <laughs> <laughs> or it looks like it was partway through, uh, you know, transforming from a human into a pangolin and forgot about the ears. But uh, that's just that's just me. Look up pictures of Chinese pangolins when you are uh, not driving, and uh, let us know on social media. If you think that the airs uh, make them cuter or hideous. Uh, but I did say that they were like big armadillos. Um, but are they bigger than armadillos? Would you happen to know that? Off the top of your head? I do. Just I, actually, just like off the cuff, I do know that because of a little segment called Measure Up. Welcome to the beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show. The part of the show when the we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for... The whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send an audio of yourself saying, singing, or chittering the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a new measure up intro this week. That means we get to hear from an animal. Mm. And Carlos has to guess what it is. Pangolin. I guess it's the pangolin. 100%. Final answer? (laughs) (laughs) So now here we go without further ado. The listener's favorite part of the show. I'm going to say... Wait a minute. You have a multiple choice. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Is it A, a bear? B, a bison? C, a walrus? Or D, a bull moose? Oh man, these are all good options. Yeah, this time I was like, "This is not going to be a shopping cart one." Oh no, no, yeah, you see, you. Oh yeah, I forgot you. You actually said shopping cart wheel. I thought you were. I thought that was some sort of metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so at first I was thinking it was like a boar or something like that. But man, these are all good. Could definitely be a bear, but I don't know. Bears. De- Tend to sound differently, I guess. So, 
where I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm split between bison and bull moose. I but I hear the bull moose have they throw great parties. Yeah. Bison, American bison. Final, Final answer. answer. Yes. Incorrect. Uh, Correct answer is walrus. What? Yeah, it's a that walrus. That was the last one I was gonna pick. Yeah, that's the. Uh, the I, I I put like three more viable options out of it. That is a weird. I mean, I guess it's not a weird sound. You you chose four gigantic mammals. Yep. <laughs> that are known for growling. <laughs> um. Okay. Let's talk about length. The pangolin is forty to 58 meters or centimeters not what that's not a huge animal (laughs) 48 to 58 centimeters without the tail and the tail itself is 25 to 38 centimeters um which is 9.8 to 15 inches let's call it without the tail 46 centimeters or 18.1 inches pangolins like to hang out in bamboo forests how many pangolins go into the height of the dragon bamboo, the tallest species of bamboo in the world? That would be the tallest species. It's called the dragon bamboo or the giant bamboo. Here's a hint. Huh. The dragon bamboo can have a diameter of up to 30 centimeters, and it's raised for its use in construction. Young shoots can also be eaten as a veggie. Like, like most bamboo. Mm-hmm. Some some tricky bamboo is eaten as meat, so it's weird. <laughs> it's, it's, it's tricky and smart, so it's considered meat. That, and that's part of my new segment called Untrue Facts. <laughs> um, bamboo gets pretty tall. I'm going to say 40 feet for the tallest bamboo. And 18 inches for the pangolin, which is a, a foot and a half. Um, okay, I'm going to say... 26. Final answer? Yes. Incorrect. Uh, not even close? It's 76 pangolins. Oh my goodness. How tall does this get? Ba- the dragon bamboo can grow uh, to 35 meters or 114.8 feet. I can't even imagine a bamboo stalk getting to 100 feet or even taller than that. I sure can because I saw a picture. <laughs> uh, let's talk but about like, weight. You're standing next to it. It's got to be crazy because it's just so it's such a thin tree. Well, it's um thirty centimeters in diameter. That I don't know. How, I, I I speak English. I don't know what that is. Well, forty six centimeters is the length of the pangolin, and that's eighteen point one inches. Yeah, but when uh, when you say centimeters, I tune out, and when you say inches, I tune right back in. <laughs> Well, it's like close to a foot. Uh, I don't know. I don't speak it either. Uh, let's talk about weight. It's two to seven kilograms or 4.4 to 15.4 pounds. Uh, let's call it four kilos or 8.8 pounds. Okay. <clears throat> Eddie Hall has the record for the heaviest deadlift. How many pangolins could Eddie lift? That sounds like a uh, a math. Pro- it is a math problem. It is a math problem. Like all of these are math problems. <laughs> Le- um, emphasis on the problem. Here's a hint. Eddie used uh, equipment like a deadlift suit and straps. There's a separate record for lifts without any equipment. The record for women 
is held by Becca Swanson at 305 kilograms or 672 pounds. I imagine that um, a deadlift suit would be Armani. It sure might be in certain situations, but it, a deadlift suit is a is a suit made of stiff material. Um, and what I read was that it like when you're going down, it tightens to give you more support and like more lift when you come back up. It I don't understand how it works, but it works. Well, with help, the strongest bench presser ever got pretty close to. Like I think got like eight, eight, nine hundred pounds. So I imagine that a, a deadlift, like with help, that a deadlift would be more than that, because you're just you're using pretty much your entire body. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say thirteen hundred pounds. It sounds like a lot, but I, I don't know. Some of these, some of these guys are crazy. So I'm gonna say eighty-six pangolins. Uh, final answer. Final answer. That is incorrect. It's 125 pangolins. What? Eddie deadlifted 500 500 kilograms or 1,102 pounds. Oh, wait, wait, wait. The math was weird? No, I put down 15 pounds as the weight because that was like the max. But you did the average. Yeah, 8.8 pounds. And I just went by what I had. So you would have been very close. Probably would have. With 8.8 pounds. I got to not do this because it's just because sometimes I forget what you say and then I just, it's nice to have it written down, but I never know if you're going to do the max or the average. So (laughs) you got to switch it up. Well, you do know because I tell you. Yeah, I just got to write it down like as you say it. (laughs) Um, But but yeah, uh, 1,100 pounds. A little bit more than Batman can supposedly bench press as a normal human being. Batman, that's, su- that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that's Batman surprisingly- has superpowers changed my mind. I thought that was um, because no, he's he's got a um, he has bench pressing um spray on his belt. He just sprays it all over his chest, and he can bench press whatever he wants. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. He that. can bench press Dark Side. But yeah, I thought that the the strongest bench press was like, it's close nine hundred pounds now. or something like that. Yeah, so it's like I was the strongest too. deadlift is only two hundred pounds more with equipment. Well, the the strongest um, deadlift or the strongest like uh, bench without a bench shirt is way smaller, way less than that. Yeah, so the bench shirt might be more efficient than the lifting suit. You know, it might help more. True, 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 true. All right, let's get back to talking about the pinecone mouse. <laughs> um, See, you you did come in with your own nickname. There it came. I, it came in. Okay. We were <laughs> added, all waiting. Cut it, uh, added to the top. Um, so let's talk about what, what he eats. <laughs> um, as we mentioned before, he eats mostly insects, and um, that's about it. Pretty much termites and ants. It really is like an anteater. Form of an anteater. Um, th- so what the, they'll do is they use their their sloth claws to dig into ant nests, termite mounds, and sides of trees and things like that to, um, to just lap up ants. And they can close their ears and 
eyes and nostrils so that the ants swarming them can't get inside their bodies except for through the mouth <laughs> um so speaking of their tongues um their tongues are more than 16 inches long which is uh sometimes longer than their their bodies without the tail so it's the tongue usually starts curled up in the chest cavity because it's so long like that can you imagine your tongue starting in your chest because it's oh because it's half your body length or something like that um so it like it extends out and and it's sticky so it uh just a bunch of ants get stuck to it and then it just brings it back in and it doesn't have teeth so uh the pangolin will swallow pebbles to help mash up their food uh, for digestion, kind of like I, I do way, that too. What a crocodile does. Do you really? You're like yeah, fruity pebbles. Oh. <laughs> I gotta wash down this lasagna with some fruity pebbles. So I can mash it. <laughs> Digest <stomach>. better. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the perfect dessert. It really it, it's the perfect thing to follow up lasagna too. I I just chose the most natural. Um, I I should like the chocolate foods. ones more. What are they called? Cocoa pebbles. Cocoa pebbles. I, for some reason, I was just thinking chocolate rocks, and that's I know that's wrong. <laughs> I think that was definitely on the on the table for branding purposes. But, Choco rocks. But they were like, uh, no, we we don't want to have just rocks in our cereal. So, pe- but people like pebbles. That's definitely more delicious sounding. I don't I, now. I don't know if I'm gonna clip this out to to be the like little clip video that I make. Uh, the 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 pebbles or the 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 pinecone mouse, <laughs> pike mouse, pike pine oh, pine, mouse. pinecone mouse. Um, <laughs> um, it's a pika pinecone. It's a, p- a pinecone pika. Pika pika pika. Uh, so the the pangolin will eat up to seventy million insects in a year. Oh gosh, I thought you were gonna say in like a a day, and I was like, that's impossible. Yeah, it is impossible. But they are ants, so it's not like they even count. That's true. They don't, like, it's those calories don't count. It's just one ant. Um, but if they, if uh, all the ants stand up to us, then there goes our way of life. Quote, unquote, uh, Kevin Spacey is Hopper. Uh, so, what? the uh, pangolin is also slow, docile, and solitary, as we mentioned before, which makes them the perfect target for poachers. That's why Jackie Chan was like, hey, Kung Fu Pangolin. Mm. That was actually his whole public service announcement. He just said those three words and walked off stage. It was really weird. <laughs> hey, mm. guys. Kung Fu Pangolin. <laughs> Remember that movie I had two lines in? Yeah. Uh, but that's all i got okay the majorest of facts in this episode here we go so this is the story about how this animal's amazing ability has led to the deaths of more than 600 people and counting pangolins are the world's only scaled mammal like there are other armored mammals like rhinos and armadillos with that have like tough thick skin but pangolins' over- overlapping keratin scales uh, allow for more flexibility with its with its armor, so it's a uh, it's it's a very unique animal in that regard. 
When they're attacked by a predator, they curl into a ball that's difficult for many foes to get through. Uh, I saw like it thwarting leopards and even lions were kind of confused. I feel like if they applied themselves, they could do something about it, but I, fe- I feel like it's a very strange issue for them to face. Um, when they're attacked by a predator, they curl up, uh, but they can also sometimes like run and climb trees, but it's very, uh, very rare for them to have that response to predation, but their flexibility allows them to climb trees, which I don't think an armadillo can, or if they can, it's very difficult. Um, but they, they wrap their armored tails around branches, like you said, so if you had a stiff armor th- thing, you probably wouldn't have be able to have also have a prehensile tail. Uh, unfortunately, this amazing ability also puts them in danger from a different predator. Uh, even though they're protected as critically endangered animals, they're trafficked for consumption and because of their unique scales. Uh, in China, people could face up to 10 years in prison for selling pangolin tails, or for selling pangolins in general. Despite this, uh, the animal is sold for its use uh, in traditional me- uh, Chinese medicine. Especially the Chinese pangolin. Um, the U.S. black market for pangolins is went from, I think I read, $10 per kilogram in the 90s to $175 per kilogram in 2009 so that makes if like you have a bigger chinese pangolin that's like 15 pounds um that's like it's over 1200 dollars that somebody could get for selling it by the pound um and the reason why they're sold is because traditional chinese medicine claims that keratin on other animals has special healing properties which is the problem for like rhinos and tigers because they're like, oh, these are strong, powerful animals, and if we eat their nails, <laughs> we'll gain um, their power. Uh, and I know it sounds like I'm making fun of them, but like that's actually what they believe. They believe that by eating the tiger claws, they gain power. By eating uh, things sprinkled with rhino horn keratin, they gain power. Um, and they believe that this, um, that pangolin keratin. Um, is uh, it will like can cure cancer, lower blood blood pressure, increase um, milk in breastfeeding mothers, all kinds of th- things. They're like the essential oils of traditional Chinese medicine, but uh, they definitely don't work and require the murder of animals. Um, but they're often sold in, in uh, restaurants in Southeast Asia. Um, and, um, yeah, so people just want to eat them up. That's why there are not very many. In 2011 alone, 60,000 of them were taken from the wild. So, um, uh, in addition to, uh, what you just said, they're, they, they're, they're also believed to remedy certain skin conditions, arthritis, and menstrual problems. Um, uh, however... The widespread trafficking of pangolins may have contributed to the spreading of a disease to more than 30,000 people. Last I saw, it was 31,000. So recent research has found that 
the pangolins may be the link that spread the coronavirus to human beings. Uh, the coronavirus is, if you have not been watching the news at all, the coronavirus is a type of virus that is common in mammals and birds. Uh, it's able to quickly mutate, and that makes it resistant to treatment and stuff like vaccines. Uh, only a few types of coronavirus are able to infect people, but when they do, they can do a lot of damage. So a recent example of a coronavirus infecting humans was SARS. Uh, which was pretty infamous when it was happening. The the coronavirus, I think SARS was actually spread through bats or birds and bats to civets, which is a type of cat that is also trafficked um, and eaten in these illegal markets. Hmm. Uh, SARS, uh, the coronavirus is called the this one is uh, called the. 2019 novel coronavirus or 2019 NCOV. Wow, they got to come up with a name like SARS for that. <laughs> well, SARS is an acronym for something respiratory, something, something, something respiratory. Uh, it's uh, but this the the 2019 novel coronavirus it has infected 30,000 people and killed 600 so far. It's believed to have originated in bats. But viruses that start in bats, or this particular one at least, uh, has trouble get infecting humans. It doesn't have the correct mechanisms to to bind to human cells or something like that. Uh, it, long story short, the bat version of the virus can't infect humans as as far as we know. However. They can if there's a viable middleman. So that means the the bat might infect something else that the virus is able to mutate in and then infect people. So Chinese researchers believe the pangolins might be that middleman or middle pinecone mouse. How does the bat infect a pangolin? I don't we don't we don't know for sure how it spread. It could just be proximity and like breathing and uh but there's also uh the fact that they're they might all be together in these markets. Ah. Uh, um so, is bad for everyone. Uh-huh. Uh the genome sequences of the virus in pangolins are a 99% match to the ones found in people. However, the study has not been fully published to be scrutinized because the animals were in contact with humans uh, and the, the, the animals that were in contact with humans are were in this uh, illegal market that's now completely shut down. Uh, conclusive tests on those animals might be impossible now because the, like the, they're all cleared out. So we it would be difficult to find the animals that might have the disease because they what released them. I don't know what they did with them, um, and no, and like apparently no one does, uh, or um, it sh- it would just be difficult for scientists to get in and test those animals because because they were a part of an illegal operation that people aren't willing to maybe step up and be like, here's the pangolin I was trafficking. True. Um, true. 
There's still a lot of research to be done, but identifying a conclusive middleman could help avoid future outbreaks by cracking down on illegal trafficking, which is something they did with the civet to control SARS. So they, when they identified the civet, they cracked down on its being bought and sold. Um, it was, I think it was already illegal, just like the pangolin is already illegal to sell, but it's not, they, they just pay more attention to it. Um, yeah, trafficking. Trafficking animals is bad. Poaching is bad. I, I it's just it just seems like one of those things where like you can the the real root of the problem is uh ignorance. Is that um because these poachers are taking advantage of the ignorance and the opportunity. So, you know, you have a bunch of superstitious people that believe that um you know, keratin or you convince a bunch of superstitious people that keratin is um, uh, of the pangolin is has healing properties. Uh, I wonder if it's a chicken and an egg thing, where whether the poachers were like, "Hey, these guys are really easy to just pick up after they roll into a ball, and they're totally docile." Let's see if we can convince people that they are valuable. Um, so they like, I mean, usually poached animals are dangerous like lions and elephants and rhinos and stuff like that but i imagine as a poacher you'd be like yeah i'll i'll poach pangolins because all i have to do is walk up to them and pick them up put them in a bag um so i'm I'm wondering if they 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 caused it but yeah we just need to educate people tell them like hey listen uh there are actual medicines for the things that you're suffering from uh don't eat fingernails it's not going to help. <laughs> yeah. Instead, maybe, you know, a topical cream. Of of something other than fingernails. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I can also imagine that, like, these are very striking and strange animals. So I can imagine people just being tantalized by the fact that it's so unique and assuming that it must have special properties. Yeah, but there's also the, what, the... Um that the the fiery the sh- the shocking pink dragon millipede that lives in the same area that's unique and if it's full of uh cyanide I feel like that's probably <laughs> well there there you go uh but if you sur- i guess you could eat it and if you survive you're you get the power of a small millipede right right yeah so the the, the funny thing about that coronavirus which is very not funny Uh, is that it's a situation of uh, you played yourself people like you it's this is a a virus that came because we were messing around with animals we shouldn't be messing around with that's all i got Uh, there is uh some debate as to whether the pangolin is the conclusive middleman so well i guess we'll the only time will tell but that's that's all i got it's like swine flu we knew, although we knew that it was pigs. But yeah, that was the Chinese uh, penguin. <laughs> uh, the so so for you out there in Podcastia, put on the full armor of pangolin to protect yourselves from the fiery arrows of misguided and superstitious food mystics here in life, death, and taxonomy. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Let's
Death and Taxonomy is my favorite in the world podcast. <laughs> Monty Python in Space, aka Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So long and thanks for all the fish.